Welcome to our podcast. We serve a God that has no limits and hope today's message will encourage you to live limitless in love, faith, and hope. Make sure to take notes and don't forget to share this podcast. That uh, God is setting up divine appointments today and I know that you came here um, maybe because somebody invited you but I believe above all things the Holy Spirit is the one that brings the invitation into our heart. So thank you for responding. Uh, I'm so glad that you decided to be with us today. I want to read a scripture to you in Isaiah, Isaiah 61, verse 7. Isaiah 61, verse 7. But I like a church that's awake. So if you're ready to receive word of God today, say with me, oh yeah. yeah. Let's respond to the word today. Isaiah 61, 7 states, instead of your shame, you should have double honor. Somebody say with me, double honor. Listen to this. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Somebody say with me, double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. Instead of your shame, I will give you honor. I will give you double the word of God says. He will give you everlasting joy. Close your eyes with me. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, that in you we have victory through Christ. And today I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Take our thoughts captive today to Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. And I pray that you would speak to our hearts, that it will bring life. In your name we pray, in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. I get a call late at night. Pastor, pastor, I need you to pray for me. I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to take this news. I, I need you to pray for me. We had just come back from a, from a youth camp. And God had called her into ministry. She had just told me she was going to go into seminary. And as she calls me, I say, tell me what's happening, what's going on. She says, listen, I just got horrible news. Um, I just, my, I have cancer uh, here by my throat. And I said, well, tell me what's happening. It's like a thyroid. I don't, I don't know all the details, but they're telling me I have cancer, Pastor. And I don't know what to do. I don't know um, how to process this. I, I just told God that I will preach. I just said yes to what he's been calling me to do for years, and, and this happens to me. And I say, listen, I, I want you to know that we serve a God with no limits. Somebody say with me, no limits. That has the final word in every situation in our life. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something that, that I need you to put in your heart today. In church, I need you to get this in your spirit. No matter the situation that you're facing, our God is greater. Come on, somebody say with me, my God is greater. And I need you to get this because many times when we go through difficult times in life, we, we start focusing on the problem and we forget that our God is greater. And I said, it doesn't matter what the doctor says. I'm not telling you it's not real. I'm not telling you you're not going through this difficult time. What I'm telling you is that I need you to focus on God, not on what you're going through. To the person next to you, focus on God. I'm not focused on God. It's, it's so key that in everything that we do, when things are going good and when things are going bad, our focus is on Him. We always bring praises to Him. And in everything we do, we bring glory to His name. And as we do so, I can assure you that God will always, um, look, look at me for a minute. God will always show up on time. I said on time. Amen. Not on your time, <laughs> but on time. When you say, God, I believe that you can do greater things. And many times when I say things like this, for some of us that have, that have suffered, for some of us that have experienced pain, 
we end up taking our experience and saying, this is God. Look at me, please. Your experience is not God. You need to take God, I need you to get this. You cannot, you cannot take God and put him in your experience, but you need to take your experience and put it into God. Say with me, focus. It's so important that you look at him no matter what's happening. And as you do so, you're going to see a God with no limits. Amen. I want to read to you out of John chapter 11. If you have your Bible, open it with me. We're going to read together. We're going to read a story, John chapter 11. I'm going to read the first four verses. The Word of God states this in John chapter 11 verse 1. Now a certain man was sick. Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was, the, it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sisters sent to him, sent to Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Come on, somebody, wake up today. Maybe you're going through a situation, I need you to get this. This sickness, the situation that you're going through, listen to Jesus, is not unto death, but for the glory of God. That the Son of God may be glorified through it. Say with me, through it. You know, I don't know about you, but many times when I read scripture like this, I get excited knowing that I have a promise of God. But yet when I pay attention to it, uh, many times I want to put it away and not read it again. Because it says, through it. Say with me, through it. And I don't know about you, but I, there's times in my life in which I pray so I don't have to go through things. Anybody ever prayed so we don't have to go through things? Come on, tell the person next to town, that's you. That's you. I know that's you. That's okay. That's me too. You know, through it, I just, I just want, I don't want to go through it. You know, I just want God to come and do miracles. And can I tell you, we are in a season of miracles. Amen. You didn't hear me. Amen. We are in a season of miracles. You know how I know you're in, we're in a season of miracles? Because you're here. You said, I'm never going back to church. <laughs> Come on. Amen. You said, listen, this is too difficult for me, yet his love continues to go after you and chase after you. It doesn't leave you. And we're going into a season of miracles, but in miracles, we forget that we have to go through it. And these are miracles. We say, God, I want to see the miracle, but I don't want to go through it. I tell her, listen, I want you to know that you're not going to do this alone. We're going to pray together. I know the doctor has said certain things, but I want you to remember the promises of God. You know how you stay focused on God? By worshiping God. You know what changes everything? Worship. I mean, I'm not talking about this, you know, Mickey Mouse worship. You know, Mickey Mouse worship. When they put the, the things, when things are going, oh yeah, this, this, I want to do. I'm talking about worship when nobody else sees you. I'm talking about worship when it hurts. Worship will change everything in your life when it comes out of a sacrificial heart. By the way, look at me. Worship has to cost you. If it doesn't cost you, it's not worship. And God always shows up where there's a sacrifice. Hmm, have you read, how many of you have read scripture and have seen God shows up in sacrifice? Anytime they will present something to him, he will show up and consume the sacrifice. Can I tell you, if you would say, God, here I am, and I'm presenting a sacrifice, he'll consume those things. Now, look at me, please. It's time for you to stop consuming and let God consume you. It's time for you to try to make church about what it gives me. Come on. 
to try to make your theology about what God can give me. And it's time to understand this. God always shows up on time, but your focus needs to be on Him. And when you, when you go through a season in which you say, God, I don't know if you're here. I'm here to tell you today, God is near to those that are brokenhearted. He's not near to those that are prideful in heart. Okay, come on, tell the person next to you, I know that's you for sure. <laughs> Somebody can say, Pastor, I can't say that. He'll punch me back. It's okay. I know that's me for sure. I know I'm walking in pride when I'm not able to worship God. This shouldn't happen to me, God. So I stopped worshiping God. And God is calling us into an intimate relationship with him. And he wants you to know that that sickness is not unto death. But it's so that God can be glorified. Amen. So that God can be glorified. But you need to go through it. Somebody say it with me, through it. Scripture keeps reading in John chapter 11, verse 17 through 26. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. Verse 21, I'm sorry, verse 19. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now, I need you to get this because many times we don't know what to do in a time of need and, and a time of loss, it's time for us to go to Jesus. It's time to go to Jesus. It's not time for you to stay with people that are crying about this. It's time for us to go to what he has promised about this. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Have you ever felt like that? If you had been here, Lord, it's too late. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Mm. Somebody needs to hear that today. Your son will come to church again. Your marriage will be restored again. Come on, somebody. You will have to give again. Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, what does it say right there? Hmm. The situation looks dim, I can bring life. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And here's the question for us today. Do you believe this? Come on, let's be real. I believe God is looking for people that stay focused on Him in worship, but also for people that are honest with Him. So He's asking us a question, do you believe? And I think the worst thing that we do, those of us that have been in church for too long, is become religious and speak Christianese. You know what I'm talking about? How many of you know people that speak Christianese? How are you? I'm blessed by the glory of God. I can just feel the anointing everywhere I walk. Come on. How many of you got, grew, grew up in the church or have been in church for over 10 years? Raise your hand. Come on. We know how to speak Christianese, don't we? How are you doing, brother? Oh, blessed and highly favored. Hallelujah. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And I want you to get this. We, we can speak Christianese and God is saying, 
I need you to look at me. I need you to see the condition of your heart. I need you to tell me, do you believe? See, Jesus asked this also to a father that had a son that was going through a time of torment. And he asked the, the father, do you believe I can do this? And the father says, I believe, but help. And I believe God is looking for people that are honest enough today to say, God, I believe and don't get Christianese out. Bad things shouldn't happen to good people. Listen, listen. I need you to get your theology right. Don't blame God for things the enemy has sent your way. And don't blame God for consequences of uh, decisions you made. The question is not why is this happening to me. The question is, do you believe that he can do something about this? Do you believe that he can turn this around? Do you believe that this can turn out for something that will not? um, I need you to get this. It's not so that you can be good, but it's so that you can glorify him. I don't want to go through this. I I don't know. God, I just, if you can give me a life. Look, I I wonder if people can be real today. If you would have a life that has no sacrifice, no pain. I mean, you will always have money in your wallet. And you, and you have the relationship you wanted. I mean, if you had just the life that you always planned about, but didn't have Jesus, would you be okay? <laughs> I think some of us would. Because that's what we pray for. Do you believe this? Do you believe that you need me? Do you believe that I'm the one that can satisfy everything that's happening in your life? Do you believe she says, Lord, I believe, but then gives her the Christianese answer that one day in resurrection, you can change everything. You know? Come on. How many of you know enough Bible <laughs> to limit God? Oh, you didn't hear me. Say with me, no limits. How many of us know enough Bible that we limit God from doing miracles in our lives? So we say, Listen, I know that this is what Scripture says, and we forget that we have a Father that loves us so much that gave His Son for us that whoever believes, somebody say with me, believes. See, if, I, if I'm going to be focused, I have, to, I have to remain believing. And in the situations that we're going through, many times we say, God, why is it that things haven't changed? And He said, I'm taking you through something so that you can see me. You're so focused on you. You're so focused on what you can do. You're so focused on your wallet and you make you, you pray for the blessing, but you don't pray for me anymore. Couples that are here can, re, can, can attest to this for a little bit. Look at me, please. Couples that are here, by the way, you don't want to miss tonight at six all the couples that are here. We're going to have something special. Uh, man in the house, what is it that you want the most from your, from your spouse? Now, some of you guys are going to be like, oh, Pastor, do I have to be real? I said we're going to be real in church. Men in the house, that's easy for us. What do we want? Her. Am I right? Come on, man. Now, women are different. I said women are different. Be careful, bro. Don't say amen too loud. She can punch you. She's next to you. Now, women, they want gifts, a ring that says how much you love them, Hmm. No, pastor, I don't care about that. Yes, you do. A house that's clean. (laughs) I'm going to stop there. 
<laughs> I'm going to stop there. But I want you to get this. At the root of this, what they really want is you, though. They want to make sure that they are first in your life. Come on, somebody say, Pastor, preach. Come on. That's what we want. And I need you to get this because and many times as we're walking through life, we forget that who put that need of relationship in us is God because he wants to be first in your life. So when he's saying, do you believe this? What he's saying is, do you want me more than you want anything else? Scripture keeps reading on John 11, verse 32 through 35. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying to him, Lord, come on, can you read that last part with me again? Because I think this is us all the time. Come on. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. I know who you are, Jesus. I've seen you do amazing things, but it's too late now. Anybody ever felt like that? I already went through that divorce. I already missed my opportunity at that job. It's too late for me to go back to school. I don't know if I can serve at church again. I've already been hurt. Come on, somebody. Wake up to that. You know, if you would have been here before I made a mistake, before that happened, my brother wouldn't have died. My dream wouldn't have died. Situation would have been different. Verse 33. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. I need you to know who Jesus is. I need you to know who Jesus is. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35, the shortest scripture in the Bible. What does it say? Where are you, Lord? If you'd have been here before, this would have changed. And Jesus walks next to them and weeps with them. Can I tell you, where you feel he is the farthest is when he's crying with you the closest. Jesus wept. This is the God we serve. Not a God that moves robots around. A God that weeps with those that weep and is looking for a church that weeps with those that weep. Amen. I need you to come over on Friday. Come here. It's, it's, it's Friday night, I tell her. It's our youth night. We're going to pray together. I know God is going to show up. He's going to do something. I need you to believe. I need you to believe scripture says, I know you just heard those horrible news about cancer, but I want you to come on Friday. We're going to pray together. You know, I know enough Bible that if we pray together, God can do something. But I give her the religious answer. I wasn't ready to see her. She comes in Friday night with her parents walking down to the altar. And as soon as I see her, I'm like, this is it, God. This is, this is your time. I need you to do something special. And as soon as I show up to pray with her, all I could do is cry. I couldn't pray. I wanted to pray, but I couldn't pray. And I start crying. Jesus didn't pray. Jesus cried. Sometimes all you have to do to show Christ is cry with somebody. All you have to do is just be with them in the process. 
All you have to do is say, I'm here for you in the process. Because you're going through something and I don't know how to get you out of this. It's okay, church, to not have all the answers. God's not looking for a perfect church. He's looking for people that are going to Him in need. God's not looking for somebody that says, I have all the answers. God's looking for somebody that says, listen, I'll cry with you. We cried together. We couldn't even pray together. I said, God, you, you have called her. She said yes to you. Why is she going to this situation? At the moment that we cried together, worship started flowing from our hearts. Because there's something greater than what you feel. That's his spirit in you. And if you're willing and say, I need you. God, I believe, but help my unbelief. I'm telling you, he'll show up. Somebody say, no limits. There's no limits when you have this in your heart. When you start being real with him and with the people next to you. God doesn't want you to have it all together. God wants you to go with to him and know that he's walking with you. The story finishes this way in verses 38 through 44. Then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Somebody say with me, take away the stone. I need you to get this because there's many things in our life that we think are dead, that we put away and we're comfortable we, we're comfortable and are grieving. And he says, take away the stone. Move what's blocking. Move it so I can do something about this. Stop, stop, stop pretending. Just move what's blocking me going into that place. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench, for he has been dead four days. Come on, somebody. Can we be real here? God, like, I, I, I'm going to show you this, but I know it's too late for it. And, and I don't know if you want, really want to see it because it's messy. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Did I not tell you? That if you would believe, you will see me. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this. That they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice. I want you to see this. Lazarus, come forth. I don't think you heard that enough. Jesus goes in and calls it by name. Calls you by name. And he says, Tony, come forth. He calls your dream out and he says, I need you to hear that. I need you to hear, somebody needs to hear this today. He calls you by name. Says, Martha, come forth. Stop hiding from your, sh your shame. Stop hiding your shame. Move the tomb. Come on, move that stone. Just move it out. I know what's behind it. And if you will expose it, I will call life out of it. If you stop hiding it, I need you to move the stone. And he calls you. I listen to, listen to this. He doesn't call death out of it. He calls a person out of it. Come on, somebody. 
He calls something greater in us. And when he who had died came out bound, hand and foot with, with gravel clothes, and his face with grape clothes, I'm sorry, and his face was wrapped with a cloth, Jesus said to them, Loose him, let him go. I love this because when God calls us out of a place, he says, Be free. You focus on me, and if you believe, somebody say, Be free. You can walk in freedom. You don't have to keep looking back at what you did. This person that I'm talking to you about, that we prayed together and cried together, is here today. And what the enemy tried to do to kill, God has used to bless. She preaches the word of God all over the city in different schools. With our youth, because God said, I have a calling for you. But I need you to hear this today. God is not over with you yet. Come on, somebody say with me, no limits. So would you give a hand to the Lord for April Tana today as she shares a little bit of her testimony with us. Um, I remember that night, that, uh, that Friday night. Um, I was serving in church. I had finally made a decision to, to say, okay, I'm going to follow Jesus. I, you know, I felt called at 15 to preach uh, when we were Rejoso, and I was in and out, in and out in my relationship with God. And when at 21, I finally said yes, and I started serving, um, and then I was told I had cancer on my thyroid, and that I could like possibly lose my voice, and that it could possibly spread. And I remember thinking, why me? Why do I have to go through that? It's not fair. I said yes to you. I chose to follow you. It's not fair. I remember um, we had a church in Mesquite, New Mexico, and I would drive, um, I would pick up some kids that are here today serving. We would drive over here an hour and then we would drive back. And I remember giving so much and feeling like I had nothing. I remember nights where I felt such heaviness on my chest and such an attack of evil from the enemy. And one day I finally said, okay, I need to talk to Pepe. And we sat here and I told him how much I was struggling. And he just cried. <laughs> he cried with me. That was all I needed. Because in that moment I saw that Jesus was there that he saw my pain, that he was walking with me. In that moment, I chose to have faith. I chose to say I'm healed even before I was healed. And he healed me, but even more so than just the healing. In that moment, I learned who Jesus was, a God of compassion and kindness. And I stand here speaking with the voice of a lion, not that is my own, that is his. But if you would say yes to him in the midst of your darkness, in the midst of your death, there will be purpose and your tears of pain will turn into joy. Come on. Isaiah 61, seven says, Instead of your shame, you have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. 
who is our portion, church? He is our portion. Therefore, in their land where you are, you shall possess double. It's for somebody here today. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. You stand with me today. There's people here that God wants to call by name out of that place. There's people here that need Jesus to cry with them. There's people here that need to believe for double what the enemy has stolen. That's you. Can I invite you to come up to the altar today? As we take a moment of worship, the altar is open. Can I invite you? Let's respond to him by drawing close to him. As you come up to the altar, I believe God's calling people out by name out of a place of suicide, out of a place of depression, out of a place of confusion, out of a place of loss, out of a place of hurt. He's saying today, there's everlasting joy. In Jesus' name, we believe today that our God has no limits. As we worship together, if you need prayer, the altar is open. I want to pray with you. Welcome to our podcast. We serve a God that has no limits and hope today's message will encourage you to live limitless in love, faith, and hope. Make sure to take notes and don't forget to share this podcast.